Welcome back to episode number 253 of the Dust Safety Science Podcast. This is the podcast for building a global community around process safety and industries handling combustible dust. I'm your show host, Dr. Chris Cloney. In today's episode, we are discussing a system failure case study published by NASA, the National Aeronautics and Space Administration. This is actually a case study published about Imperial Sugar and the dust explosion happened there. So this is going to be kind of a fun episode. I came across this document that was actually published back in... February of 2011 by the NASA Safety Center, giving this system failure case study covering Imperial Sugar. And I thought it might be interesting to share it on the podcast. We will share a link to this document in the show notes at dustsafetyscience.com slash 253 for this episode. Uh, we have covered the Imperial Sugar refinery explosion before, way back in episode three, uh, about five years ago now, in a review of Imperial Sugar refinery explosion from the U.S. Chemical Safety Board report. And back in episode 19 of the podcast with Courtney Turner talking about his experience in sugar refineries and the status of combustible dust related to sugar at the time of the imperial sugar refinery explosion. So we covered this on the podcast before. None of this is going to be really new material to any listeners, but I thought it might be interesting to share it out as a, as a NASA case study. If you want to impress your, impress your friends, I guess, you can print the thing off and, and bring it over to talk about combustible dust related to NASA and um, this uh, system failure case study. So that's what we're going to be talking about today. So as most of the listeners to this podcast would know, on February 7th, 2008, a series of violent explosions devastated the Imperial Sugar Refinery in Port Wentworth, Georgia. Tragically, the explosion took the lives of 14 workers and critically injured 36 others. The blast ravaged the storehouses, packaging areas, buildings, and processing areas that operated for more than 80 years. And the U.S. Chemical Safety Board deemed this the most devastating explosion since around the 1980s. We had a large a number of large grain soil explosions at that time. This was the largest dust explosion that happened since then. So in this case study, the system failure case study, dust to dust, talking about the Imperial Sugar Refinery explosion, they cover some background information on combustible dust explosions. They cover the Imperial Sugar Refinery explosion itself, what happened. They cover the proximate cause, some of the underlying issues that they found that are related to the proximal cause. They cover the impact for future NASA missions, which is kind of fun. <laughs> and they give questions for discussion for folks that are reading this case study as well. So we're going to be going through just a bit of this material. Again, this is more just an episode to make you aware of this document. If you want to use it as a training module, uh, we'll have a link in the show notes at dustsafescience.com slash 253 to the NASA website where they publish this thing. So the Imperial Sugar Refinery explosion happened from a explosion underneath the silo systems, and particularly the tunnel in the silo systems, close to 7.15 p.m. on February 7th. The explosion happened in this tunnel system. I believe it blew out through a wall and a stairwell. The pressure wave buckled floors in the stairs and then into the adjacent level of the building, um, stirred up a lot of combustible sugar dust. That caused secondary explosions, tertiary explosions, which ruptured the floors, caused more dust to rain down, and you have this really long, sustained period of intense fires and intense explosions happening on the site. Security cameras at facilities two miles away recorded massive fireballs erupting from the refinery for as long as 15 minutes following the initial explosion. That's so the initial explosion happened, caused secondary, tertiary. These fires happened as the building ruptured and more floors dropped and walls fell out, more dust got kicked up and had further fireballs and explosions happen for a period of 15 minutes after the original explosion. 
The facility burned for four days before fighter, firefighters could fully extinguish the flames. Fires in the storage silos reached 4,000 degrees Fahrenheit, continued burning for an entire week after the primary explosion. Again, tragically, eight workers died immediately on the scene. Six more perished at the regional burn unit, and 36 workers suffered critical burns and injuries from this explosion. So a large-scale, massive, tragic dust explosion event. In the case study report, they list the proximate cause, and this, by as defined by the Chem- Center for Chemical Process Safety, is the cause factor which directly produces the effect without the intervention of any other cause. So in the, the NASA document here, they call the proximate cause, they, they say the proximate cause is that one of the silo chutes became clogged, causing a backup on the conveyor in this tunnel system, releasing excessive amounts of sugar into this enclosure. They don't really talk about it in this case study, but that enclosure is actually new to the tunnel system. So the tunnel system is in a multi, maybe 10 feet by 10 feet, or I, I don't know the size of tunnel, but a pretty large tunnel with a conveying system underneath these three silos. And they built a housing around the silos, sorry, around the conveyor to avoid the dust leaking onto the tunnel. And this caused a much smaller volume for that dust to be contained in, which is hypothesized potentially have led to the concentrations high enough to initiate this explosion. So the proximate cause is listed by the case study as the clogging of the silo. It also goes on to state that the chemical safety board couldn't find a definite cause for the ignition, but that they point to the hot surface from over here bearing as the most likely ignition source in this case. So as, you know, in many case studies, it's, it's usually much more interesting to look at the underlying issues and concerns related. The, the proximate cause engineers like that, like say, hey, A caused B and, and C didn't intervene. Um, but generally there's a reason A happened in the first place. And so they mentioned four underlying issues here. First issue that they identify is ineffective dust handling equipment. So they actually note that an independent contractor came on site less than one week before the explosion. Although if you look back in the Imperial Sugar Reports, there's actually multiple independent contractors that come on site and warned about the status of the dust collection system being ineffective. In particular, there's incorrect installed piping, piping that was plugged with sugar and almost the entire site, or I shouldn't say that because it doesn't say it here. Um, much of the site had significantly lower than minimum dust, significantly lower dust conveying velocity than was needed to keep the dust in suspension. And this was a problem that was unaddressed for several years of the site. So it had a lot of material in the ductwork, a lot of combustible dust then that wasn't being picked up at the pickup points and a lot of combustible dust in workstations and around the site um, as well. So that's one of the underlying issues, ineffective dust handling equipment. The second underlying issue they mentioned is inadequate employee training. Um, and they really point to an unawareness of the combustible dust hazards associated with sugar dust as a big issue here. They reviewed 10,000, the chemical safety board reviewed 10,000 pages of training materials and failed to reveal anything on the topic of hazardous dust through the annual safety training programs um, done at Imperial Sugar. They also mentioned a extensive use of compressed air to blow the sugar dust away from packaging and processing equipment. As Diane Caves mentioned on the podcast before, um, we've had her on a number of times, she calls that the, the dust relocation program. So just applying compressed air to blow the sugar around and it just goes somewhere else. Um, and you just relocate that hazard to another area. So inadequate employee training is, was the second underlying issue. The third underlying issue is incomplete emergency preparedness. So in this case, in this one, I mean, they mentioned some things here, lack of visible and audible alarms, 
instructions to workers to use the intercom system in the event of a crisis, um, evacuation drills. They mentioned a number of areas. This was a very difficult evacuation scenario. Power was knocked out. Floors were missing pieces. Buildings were falling down. So it is true this is, was an underlying issue and there was concerns here. It's also, when you're developing these programs, you, you really need to think of a, a good what-if scenario to understand what kind of things you might be dealing with in this case and then get an idea to the employees how they might be able to respond to these, uh, these issues that might come up, like losing power, like losing lighting and exit signs, potentially like losing stairwells in this case and stuff as well, which obviously are bigger issues that would be more challenging to work with. Then the fourth and the final underlying cause I mentioned here is normalization of deviance. They mentioned that in 1961, there are reports and documents as far back as 1961 identifying that management was cognizant and aware of the dangers of combustible dust. There were several small fires throughout that time related to overheated bearings on the site. I believe, and it's not mentioned here, but I believe there's a sister company um, that had a, a dust deflagration event as well. And maybe there, there potentially were some other dust events out in Peter Sugar, but I'd have to go back to CSB report to confirm that. And over time, what they point to in the NASA document is deviance or normalization of deviance. So because there was no loss, no loss of life, no loss of you know limb or, or impact economically to these incidents, um, it just became easier and easier to accept lower standards over time. And they call this the, the definition of normalization of deviance. And so because they didn't suffer any major losses, when you had this large explosion, you had a large primary explosion fueled by secondary and tertiary explosions. And it's kind of a, you know, a large domino effect because that hazard was allowed to build up for such a long time. So that's kind of it for the case study. They go through the proximate cause, these underlying issues, ineffective dust handling equipment, inadequate employee training, incomplete emergency preparedness, normalization of deviance. They do have a note here for future NASA missions that NASA centers have not experienced a catastrophic catastrophe resembling the explosions at Ravageport Wentworth. They do mention that combustible dust does not pose as prominent a threat to NASA as in other potential industries, but that at the NASA centers, they are handling hundreds of chemicals and reactive materials uh, every day from salt to liquid rocket repellents and, and more so that are large dust or the large explosion hazards rather at the end of the day. So it's really important to look at these three underlying issues, normalization of deviance, emergency repairness, ineffective handling of materials and understand and assess these hazards at NASA centers and for future NASA missions as well. And at the end of the case study, they give three, four questions for discussion. And I'll relay this to you and then we'll close this episode out. So the four questions are, do your training programs cultivate awareness and respect for safety of the hazards? How have you guarded against eroding standards when your organization? So this is about the normalization deviance piece. What have you done to ensure that safety equipment remains updated and functional over time? Do you routinely place your teams under thorough emergency training? Are you confident that your teams are prepared for emergency situations? That's the four kind of close out questions in this case study. That's it for this episode of the podcast. Again, this was just kind of a fun one to relay this document that I found from NASA about the Imperial Sugar Refinery Explosion. We covered the system failure case study released by the NASA Safety Center back in 2011 on the Imperial Sugar Refinery Explosion. We looked at the proximate cause of the explosion, what actually happened on the day, the underlying issues identified in the case study, and gave a couple of questions for discussion that might be useful as well. So again, you can go to the link at dustsafescience.com slash 253 Download this case study if you would like. 
um, and use it as a kind of an educational material or an educational piece to help relay the hazards of combustible dust to those that you work with. As always, I want to say thank you for listening to Dust Safety Science Podcast. Hope you have a safe, productive week ahead. And I appreciate everything you're doing in the industry's handling combustible dust. Make it safer with the work you're doing out there every day. Keep it up.